Welcome to the Collections by Michelle Brown show. A show about people living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality as they create change. This episode is brought to you in partnership with the Center for Peace Counseling and Holistic Healing Services. Welcome to Collections by Michelle Brown. I'm your host, Michelle Brown. Each week, we'll be talking with people living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality, and creating change. Following the huge outcry in 2016 that led to the Oscar So White hashtag, there were historic changes within the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences to be more diverse and inclusive. In 2017, the film Moonlight won the Academy Award for Best Picture, along with Best Supporting Actor and Best Adapted Screenplay. The film received a total of eight nominations. Moonlight became the first film with an all-black cast, the first LGBT film, and the second lowest-grossing film domestically to win the Oscar for Best Picture. Moonlight was a black film telling a black LGBTQ tale. Kudos to the filmmakers, actors, and all involved. But is that enough? For African-American members of LGBTQ communities, films depicting our stories, our histories, our struggles, and our triumphs still are few and far between. The industry is still more often to depict stories of the white LGBTQ community than black, brown, or other people of color in our community. Who's telling our stories beyond the rainbow? And how do we, as a community, support these efforts? What began as a conversation about the lack of exposure of films that explore the black LGBTQ experience birthed the Black Alphabet Film Festival, Chicago's first black LGBTQ film festival. Since its inception in 2013, BAF, works to encourage storytelling, cultivate new dialogues, and educate communities about the cultural and social contributions that black LGBTQ-identified people have made upon the world. Black alphabet symbolizes the unity and affirming of diversity in gender and sexual expression within the black, lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans, queer, or questioning community. The organization's mission is to empower the community by promoting, nurturing, and celebrating the stories of black LGBTQ-identified people through the art of film. The festival takes place this year from August 18th to 19th at the Riva and David Logan Center for the Arts in Chicago. Joining us tonight is the organization's Vice President and Director of Programming, Adam McMahon. Adam is a filmmaker, activist, and political consultant that debuted his first feature-length documentary at Black Alphabet Film Festival. He's currently working on his first fictional book 
and a new documentary series. Adam, welcome to Collections by Michelle Brown. I'm so happy to have you on the show. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you for having me, Michelle. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So you debuted at a Black Alphabet Film Festival, your first feature-length documentary. I did. I did. So that was about that was in um, 2013, which seems like yesterday. But um, uh, Timum West, who was one of the founders and uh, it's, it's still on our board, uh, or actually rejoined our board um, this year, uh, came to me and said, "Hey, d- hey, do you have a film that you want to show? Because I, I, you know, I at the time I had music videos on Logo and VH1 and MTV, and you know, I've had a, a, a some, some decent success with um, doing short form videos. And I said, hey, I'm actually working on a documentary about uh, studs, uh, as they call themselves. And, and these are black, lesbian associated women who are uh, a little bit more on the masculine side and kind of what they go through in um, society. So. I debuted that film at Black Alphabet, uh, and, and Michelle, you're an artist, so you know you're, mm-hmm. really, you're really sensitive about how, how it's going to come off and, and all that stuff. And, you know, the, the question that I kept asking myself was, you know, as a man, why am I doing this film uh, about lesbians, stud lesbians, because that, that's the question that the community uh, – actually asked me after I debuted the film. But once they saw the film, they, they noticed that all of my producers were uh, black lesbians. And, you know, um, so it was, it was really a collaborative effort. But I debuted at Black Alphabet um, to a packed theater at the Center on Halstead in Chicago and got a lot of great feedback. And the film went on to uh, screen at a, a few more festivals. Um, I, I put it on YouTube a couple of years ago. Uh, or a year ago for free. So anybody that wants mm-hmm. to check that out, that, that's on YouTube. Uh, and it, it's gotten me a lot of great feedback. It's gotten the, the women that uh, allowed me to ch- uh, share their stories, a lot of great feedback. My producers have gotten a lot of great feedback as well. So it was really an impactful and, and, and um, an auspicious film for me and for the people that were involved. Now, you know, you talk about Tim M. West, who I know, first of all, as a poet and activist, but there were a number of women who were involved in the, in the founding of Black Alphabet Film That's Festival. Yeah, you so, know. I mean, there were a lot of great women that, uh, that were involved in, in the early stages and, and actually played a heavy role in shaping the organization and its, and its, its mission and uh, really making the organization what it is today. Uh, and, you know, without them, obviously, Black Alphabet wouldn't be what it is, uh, and, and Black Alphabet would still be an idea. So, yes, women and, um, and a lot of people in the community have done a great job at uplifting Black Alphabet and keeping it going. 
Now, you know, um, you know, I, I talked briefly about Moonlight, and, you know, and I know other filmmakers, and often our films, like they said how it had, you know, not a whole lot of commercial expense. It wasn't, it was the second lowest grossing film domestically. And often films on black people and films about black LGBTQ people get limited release or there's some place where as an African-American, I wouldn't think of going. I mean, I can recall seeing some films here in Michigan at the Detroit Art Institute and I was sitting there amongst uh, a host of, of Caucasians and where I would say, wow, if they would show that in the neighborhood, you know, it would expose more people to it. Is that part of why this film festival began? It, it was, it was the, it was the ma- it was a major reason why the film festival began. Um, we, we actually pride ourselves on taking, uh, films about people uh, in the LGB, black LGBT community to people in the black LGBT community. So we're not doing it. I mean, in Chicago, and uh, Michelle, I know you're very familiar. Chicago is a very segregated city. So a lot of people in our community, uh, that being a black LGBT community, uh, lived on the south, south and west side of the city. So our major screenings are on the south side of the city. Um, and that's not to say that we, uh, we ignore the, the demographic on the north side. We screen on the uh, north side as well. But the majority of our need and the majority of the people that want to see our stories call their home base uh, or make their home base on the south side of Chicago. So it's important for Black Alphabet and what's uh, strategic of Black Alphabet to put uh, most of our screenings in that part of the city. Now, do you find, you know, because I'm looking at the different, the, and we're going to get into your film schedule, but, you know, I have interviewed and talked to other filmmakers, documentarians, and they talk about the difficulty of raising funds, of putting their project together, and then that distribution. Now, you've been on both sides. You've been the person who made the film, and then you're now you're the person who's helping give exposure to films. Where do you see the importance of having these type film festivals, and why aren't there more? Uh, well, there, there, there are a couple of different um, reasons, I believe. Uh, uh, people artists in particular get um, uh, scared because, uh, or, or don't want to produce films because they, they look at the money aspect of it. And I've seen films shot on iPhones. Um, I manage Samson McCormick, uh, for instance, who's a mm. black gay comedian. Oh, and yeah. He, and he shot his documentary on an iPhone, uh, and, and that's been getting screened all over the country. Um, so... I, I, my hope is, uh, and what people learn from Black Alphabet and people like Samson and myself is that it's, it's really about the effort. Uh, I shot my documentary, which was an interview-style documentary, in, the, in my living room. Um, all, mm-hmm. of ladies, uh, all of the ladies came to my house, uh, and 
I, I happen to own my own equipment and I shot it in my living room. So there are ways to tell our stories that are not necessarily even the Moonlight budget, which is considered a low-budget bu- film by Hollywood standards. Uh, you know, people in the community don't, don't necessarily have that or have access to that, but if you put forth the effort and, and you get the story uh, tight, people will watch it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now I know that Tammy, I'm, I know he can be very, very persuasive. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've had him talk to me about things, and I'm going like, yeah, let me get him bored. Board You're right. As I was looking at the people, and, and, it's, and on your website, it said that it began as a conversation. How, what helped you go from being that conversation where, man, we need you to do that, put your, your documentary here, but to go to now you're an active board member? Uh, well, it, it, for me, I, I realized the importance and the need of the, uh, for the organization. Um, and, uh, you know, I, you know, Langston, who's our president, is probably tired of hearing me say this, but <laughs> I have a national and a global perspective when it comes to organizations like Black Alphabet. Uh, and, and that means that I'm, I'm not trying to be grandiose, but if you look at Atlanta, they have resources. They, they show Black LGBTQ films, but it's still – uh, as Timum has told me, and that's where Tim Timum lives right now. It's still mm-hmm. in the city. So there might not be. It, it's still a southern city, so there might not be uh, as many black gay films shown in Atlanta that you would think. Uh, and my hope is that organizations like Black Alphabet can partner with local organizations and make that. Uh, more of a reality. Uh, St. Louis is my hometown. I would like to see more LGBT films that are written, directed, produced, and performed uh, by black LGBT folks. And I believe, as you know, that everybody has a story. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a story. You have a story. Uh, I could could make a documentary about all of my, every one of my friends individually. and, and compelling stories at that, specifically in our community. So it's, it's important for, uh, as, as Cleo Monago says, it's, it's important for us to know our history and know our stories in order to heal and in, in order to have a better, a better uh, and I'm going to mess up his words, but a, a better, okay. a more positive uh, skew on our, our, our self-concept. So uh, it, it's extremely important, and uh, when, we, when we have meetings, it's, we, we don't approach Black Alphabet and other organizations from a, a, a competition standpoint, but we look, at, we look at partnering and uplifting the community both in Chicago and in a future nationally, hopefully. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm in my mind, I'm, I'm still going over like the fact that your first film was about studs. And, you know, I think that you can capture the story and maybe from being 
a man, <laughs> you could capture part or maybe ask a question that might be uncomfortable where people would take it. But did you have anybody sort of say like, oh, what are you doing doing this? Why don't you just stay in your lane, you know? Did you have, did you get pushback on that, a lot of pushback? And when you decided to do that, I mean, first of all, I, you had to know you were going to get pushback, but what made you say, no, I can tell this story? I, it's interesting because I thought I was going to get more pushback than I did. I was actually quite nervous about it when I first hit record uh, the first day of filming. Um, but I, I did have Monica and Ayana, uh, my, uh, the two producers on the, on the film, who are stud lesbians and identify as such, uh, that came to me with the, with the idea and you know, and I and I and I like to think that I'm I, I'm deeply rooted in the community, but I never heard the term before until they <laughs> referred to mm-hmm. themselves as us. So I thought it was an interesting, I thought it was an interesting um, idea, and um, and actually, Ayana and I are writing a short film about a stud. Uh, so, you know, the the response that I got was more positive. Uh, than I thought, and it was actually interesting because it was uh, because people that identified as studs were like, you know what, it, it's it's great that a man took the time to understand what we go through because it, mm-hmm. uh, the the stories and the and the the um, the experiences are experiences are not parallel uh, in a lot of different instances. Obviously, they're parallel from the LGBT perspective, but there are there are some stories in there, and I and, and honestly, we had Jackie uh, Anderson, who, Jackie Anderson, who's yeah, mm-hmm. uh, who's mm-hmm. a who's a um, and I don't want to call her an elder, but she's an, she's a seasoned young <laughs> lady, mm-hmm. and she had some great stories about what it was like to be a stud in the in in the sixties. In the 70s, mm-hmm. and, and the fact that you, you know, you could be evicted if you were a woman mm-hmm. dressing in so-called men's clothing, and it's interesting to see that, you know, she started there, but where we are, we are today. I mean, that that people would think that if that were to happen today, people would think that was crazy, but yeah, that was happening. Mm-hmm. You know, it's amazing that that you talk about that because um. Just this weekend, I was at a, a party, and um, there's a woman who's a filmmaker. Uh, she did a film on lesbian couples, because so some of them have been together like 40, 50 years. But her partner, who is in her, I want to say, well, let's put her, I'd say around 80-ish. She talked about those things, and there were things like, you know, that a time and an era and what it was like being there. And that's what someone was saying, like, you know, we're not capturing those stories. And when you go not only from her talking about her experience to her partner, her partner did her film on these lesbian couples because there were young lesbians. She went to a meeting who said it was all brand new. You know, now we can get married. What is it? And they said, no, it's not all brand new. There's couples who have been together, and this is what they had to go to. So 
that's part of the power of capturing these stories that we're capturing our history. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And, I, and, and ultimately, I believe that stories like that can really heal and and keep people sane. Because I, I believe when you see black love on screen and, 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 and black excellence on screen, it really does something to people that look like the folks on screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's positive. So, uh, you know, I, I think the more the merrier with, with, with all of the stories under the black alphabet umbrella, um, what, we're, what we're trying to do with black alphabet. And I don't, I, I, I don't think you said this earlier, but black alphabet is called black alphabet because there are so many letters <laughs> in the uh, sphere. I mean, we can go A, B, C, D, E, F, G. We, um, hey, it's called black alphabet. So mm-hmm. it's, 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 really, it, it's really a plethora of different experiences right in the black LGBTQSGL community. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and that makes so much sense because, like you said, you know, you can't just say black lesbian because it's black femme lesbian, there's black uh, stud lesbians, some are, I mean, I mean, it's like there are all these different alphabet letters, you know, that really covers everyone. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and then I want to talk with you about this year's festival. So we'll be right back with my guest, Adam McMath, who's talking about the Black Alphabet Film Festival coming to Chicago. This episode of Collections by Michelle Brown is brought to you in partnership with the Center for Peace Counseling and Holistic Healing Services, bringing balance to your mind, body, and spirit. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit the Center at www.thecenterforpeacellc.com. We're back with my guest, Adam McMath. The Black Alphabet Film Festival is coming to Chicago um, August 18th and 19th. What are you excited about, Adam, in this year's film festival, and this year's offerings? I Well, first of all, I want to say that I'm excited to be back. We did take a, a break last year, um, and we really wanted to take that break to glean some insights um, on how we can make not only the film festival better, but really impact and serve our community in the best way possible. And so this year it's, it's actually a scaled back smaller program um, so that we can really gradually grow it to where we want it uh, to go next year. But I'm excited about all the films this year. Um, but I am most, most excited about uh, a film that is not an LGBT film, per se. I mean, uh, 
it's it's written and directed and produced by people in the LGBT community, but the story is about a, a heterosexual couple, mm-hmm. and uh, that's nine, that that film is called Ninety Days, uh, and it's written by Nathan Hale Williams, and it's a gr- it's a great film about a woman that waits ninety days uh, to tell her male partner that she is HIV positive, mm. and it is a fast it's a short it's a short film. Uh, but it's a fascinating concept because when people talk about HIV and um, HIV AIDS, they don't necessarily think about heterosexual women. Mm-hmm. So originally when we got the opportunity to um, acquire the film, immediately I was like, oh, well, that's not an LGBT film. We can't, we can't, we can't, we can't. We can't. And, then I, and, then, and then I remembered that we're not only supporting the war, uh actors on screen that are portraying LGBT characters, but filmmakers behind the camera that are LGBT folks. And so that is our flagship film on Friday night, uh, August 18th. And uh, we're excited to have Nathan Hill Williams in town for that and Nick Few, who plays a lead in the, in the movie, uh, in town for that as well. We're going to have a great talk back with some community partners uh, after the screening. Well, you know, it's funny because I heard about 90 days from, you know, it took me a minute before I looked into it because um, I heard about it through Nathan Hale Williams. I also heard about it through Richard Pelzer, both who are gay men, and they were mm-hmm. talking about this film. And so I'm ready to, you know, I mean, and, and yes, I put it, I was ready to put it in the box. And I'm going like, okay. What, what, what are this film about these gay men going to be about? But then they were telling me about it, and I started to read about it, and I'm going like, wow, why can't we, you know, tell this story? You know, gay people don't just have to tell gay stories, and we should be supporting them whether they are in front of the camera or behind the camera. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, I thought that that was like just like, exciting and then to see it and it seems to be getting a lot of positive buzz people seem to be liking it i think that the issue of hiv and aids like you said when you think of a heterosexual woman you don't think of it and nor do people really want to talk about the impact and how it's growing in african-american straight women and so how important is that now did you Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. I think it's a paramount. Uh, I, I think the, it, it's very important because if we don't talk about it, then it becomes a bigger problem. And, you know, I happen to know a few African-American heterosexual women that are HIV positive. And just like uh, HIV positive uh, black gay men, uh, if, they, if they know their status and if they – if they are medicated, they can live a long, healthy life. And, I, and it's, it's the same issue across the board. Uh, obviously, we want to talk about prevention, but, you know, uh, if, if it's past that, we do need to talk about care. And I think this film will help that conversation. Now, I know you're going to have uh, the writer and director and one of the actors, but um, 
Will there be resources? Because, like I said, I think that it's good that you're just showing the film and you're having them talk about that creative process. But, like you said, it can open the door to other conversations. So, right. will you ha- will you have you know some type of resources there? Was that was that a conscious decision to sort of say we're going to show this film not only to show the people behind the fil- the camera, but also that we need to have this conversation in the African-American community. Right. So there will definitely be resources. I think we have the best resources Chicago has uh, sponsoring the, the, the screening of this film. Um, and that's CDPH, uh, Chicago Department of Public Health, uh, will be there. They will lead the discussion after the film with the writer, director, and actor. Um, we also have uh, Keith Green, who will, be, who will moderate that, uh, who's a community leader in, in, uh, in the black LGBT community as well as just community, community lead, leader at large. Uh, so we're excited to have him there uh, to sort of moderate that, that discussion. And, uh, you know, we also uh, purposely make sure that there are resources for people to go get tested uh, right on site uh, for HIV and uh, meningitis and other other uh, things that affect our community. Right on site, uh, it's, it's discreet, you know, um, and it's obviously free to anybody in the community. Uh, mm-hmm. That, well, the, the testing is free. Uh, the, the screening <laughs> is not. Mm-hmm. Now, another film that I saw, which was sort of, as, as I was reading it, Missed Connections. Tell us yeah. a little bit about that. So, uh, Miss Connections is a film that I uh, that we added two weeks ago, um, mm. probably. Uh, Angelica Ross, who is a uh, a known figure in Chicago, she now lives in LA, uh, is a well known, openly trans actress, activist, and she has an organization uh, that's run out of Chicago called Trans Tech Social that gets. Uh, trans folks the skill, uh, technology skills, so that they can then go get jobs in technology, uh, which I think is a really revolutionary organization uh, that, you know, we as a community should wrap our arms around and support. Uh, so she's obviously a Facebook friend. Uh, she's on Quaz and a couple of other major sto- uh, shows. She goes to um, uh, New Orleans to shoot a, a couple of network TV shows as well. So she's actually... A, a very well accomplished actress in her own right. Uh, I call her the baby Laverne Cox. <laughs> so she, she, I, she may not like that, but <laughs> actually I think she does. But uh, she's really an accomplished actress. Uh, and so one day she, she's a Facebook friend of mine. And one day I saw a, a short film going down my screen and uh, down my timeline on Facebook, and I and I was like, well, what is that? I mean, she didn't tell me about her movie. I was going to post it on Facebook. And uh, it was about, it is, and she's the lead character and executive producer, and it's about um, a trans woman that has to, that, that uh, met a guy at a, at, at a festival in, in California, and she has to, they left, they, they, they went away, and then they uh, found each other on Misconnections, you know, that Craigslist thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
she has to come out as trans to him and uh, and kind of what it takes for a trans woman. Because a trans woman has to come out every every almost every day, mm-hmm. uh, as does lesbians and black uh, LGBT folks across the spectrum. But it could be particularly hard for a trans person to come out in a romantic situation. So it's a short film that really tackles that notion and I think it's beautifully done. Um, it's fun, it's light, but it does tackle a, a, a serious issue. Well, I think how, I, you know, it's almost like you said you decided a couple weeks ago and then just recently we, we heard all of this about um, on The Breakfast Club and, you know, where this guy talks about like how he would kill a trans woman and so there are many trans women who are really talking about this. Laverne Cox came out and talked about, you know, how every day, how they're coming out again and again and putting their life in peril. And then the fact that any transgender day of remembrance, most of the names are women of color. Right. Are trans women of color, often African-American. So, and you know, it, it seems it's great that you have this movie and, and it's talking about, you know, basically this is what it's like, this is what's going on. It's really humanizing, something that people can be very cavalier about and they don't get it. And so it's sort of like how pathetic that this came out and then almost like to help, to you know, and by the way, if you want to know what all the hoopla is about, come see this movie, you know. I mean, so, I mean, that's just like, that's really amazing. So we've talked about two of your films. What what other what else is one of your favorites? Um, I I really love Check It. It's about a <laughs> gay gang in DC. Uh, and and I like to spin on the film. And, and I'm not going to give too much of it away. I like to spin on the okay. film because uh, these these young folks have decided to not be victims and decided to band together and protect themselves. Uh, and, you know, I think this is a universal issue for, uh, for, for black LGBT folks uh, in Chicago. There's a lot of, there's a lot of violence against black LGBT folks. I think that's, that's something that occurs all over the country. So this, this film is uh, really talks about some of the stuff that these young folks have gone through. Some, you know, some have been stabbed, some have been shot. Uh, people have, uh, friends have been killed, uh, all due to violence because they're, uh, they identify as a member of the LGBTQ community. Mm. Yeah. 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 And I, uh, I mean, it just sort of, I mean, that part is just like, and you recognize that and you hear that and you imagine, especially as a young person, not only, you know, you know, you've got the target on your back because you're black and young, you know, but then this, this bigger target and then not being a victim, you know, so um, I want to, okay, I want to ask another question before we go into another, I'll talk about another film. Okay, when sure. people say, Short films. I mean, like, I know that some people are thinking, like, oh, we've already talked about three films. These aren't, like, you know, featured films. They're not, like, two hours long, whatever. How, on the average, how long is a short film, one of these films? So uh, 
the first two films are the only short films of the, of, of the festival this year, 90 Days and Misconnections. Uh, and 90 Days is a 20-minute film, so a very, uh, it's a very short film. Uh, so like a TV episode of a uh, half-hour mm-hmm. TV show. And Misconnections is, is about 15 minutes. So, wow. And, and I want folks to keep in mind that on Friday we're only showing uh, – two films, and both of those films are short. Mm-hmm. And, the re- and the reason we built it that way is because we really wanted to have a comprehensive and an in-depth discussion around uh, 90 days. Uh, and that discussion will be an hour-long discussion afterwards. And it's really our opening night. People, uh, it, rarely do we get a, an opportunity in our community to just really come around uh, a non-club event to kind of chat with one another and affirm one another and, you know, hug one another, see some great art, and then, you mm-hmm. know, go home at night. Uh, so we have those two short films, and the rest of the films are really feature-length films. Uh, Kiki is an hour and a half. Uh, Check It is an hour and a half as well. And Jules Catch One is a little bit under an hour and a half also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? I, I tell you, the one – I mean, when you talk about Jules Ketchuan, and we had just finished talking about, you know, older lesbians and, and that stud community, and then you think, like, this is like, here she, I was looking at the picture of, of Jewel, and I'm th- I, I mean, the woman I was talking to Saturday, I mean, this could be one of her peers, but then the whole disco era, I mean, you know, that just sounds like that that would be an informative, but a lot, a lot of fun. So, you know, I, I guess I, I'm, I don't think my perspective is unique on this film, but I, I you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give it anyway. Uh, this film is so fascinating to me because oftentimes in the, in, in the gay community and, and particularly the black LGBT community, uh, we don't highlight a lot of, nationally anyway, we don't highlight a lot of the, the, um, the contributions that, lesbian black women have made to pop culture and to the world at large. And this film really highlights a 40-plus year career Mm -hmm. of really affirming everybody. Uh, Obviously, Catch One is a a club in L.A. uh, And throughout the film, you just kind of really see that this was really a, a who's who spot to hang out in L.A. I mean, it, it was, a, uh, uh, I, you know, you'll see in the film it says uh, Dis- uh, Disco 54 of, of the West. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Studio 54 of the West. And, you know, the, 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 the celebrities and, and the people of note that they had uh, – a part of this film to talk about the contribution, not only of this club, but of this woman who has really wrapped her arms around a community. And she, and she came for nothing. I mean, she, mm-hmm. she, she just put her, she just put her head down and, and made things happen. Um, you know, Madonna was in the film and I think Sharon Stone was in the film. It was, it was a wow. lot of folks, in, uh, you know, the, the who's who of Hollywood that really spent a lot of time at catch one and really wrapped their arms around uh, her and I and I think and I think it's important for young and 
old folks alike in our community to see that a contribution can be made with just a little bit of effort, and uh, this film highlights that. Now, and I know you're a little bit of a history buff, so that must have seen a lot of that from back in the day. I bet that sort of like tickled your fancy, as they say. Yeah, well, I, it, it's interesting because uh, I just love I, I just lo- love seeing where things come from, and and, and particularly uh, people that look like me and that that identifies me and uh, uh, like me. I I love to see kind of where, how, how we, the, the story arc, as it were. And when we got an opportunity to screen this film, I was very excited, uh, and Langston was as well, uh, to even get the opportunity to share this story with our community was, was, was a, a, a chance that we couldn't pass up. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I think that within, not only, I like that, not only check it, but Kiki both focus on LGBTQ youth and the fact that 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 unsafeness in their lives, which can come from the community at large, it can come from family members, it can come from just society. And when you look, so you've got two very different films, but. Mm-hmm. Was the ideal like to really not only pull in young people, but to maybe show that other generation who might look at young people and go like, oh, where they are, what's the fun that they always say, if they just pull up their pants, you know, right. But, but to sort of like give insight both ways to give voice to, but also give insight to the, a different generation? Right. Right. Uh, Kiki... Uh like you said, is very different. And and, and, and that film, I, I've always been a fan of Twiggy, uh, Pucci Garcon, and, and kind of the work that he does with young folks in the community, uh, specifically New York. Uh, and I, I've never, I, I haven't articulated this, but a lot of people that I've, I've met uh, that are really active with young folks, even Timum, uh, kind of mirror the same pattern. They're they're very they're very uh, father-like figures almost, uh, or fatherly figures. And what's what's you what's great about this film, and what's great about folks like Timum and and other folks in the community is that if you don't have a if you don't have a a healthy relationship with your parents, there's always somebody in the community that will you know open their door to you, uh, and and. Linda Han, I, Otis Mack in, in Chicago had, used to have a, as, and I'm sure you've met Otis, uh, mm-hmm. used to have a house full of gays, as he would say. He would just, you know, people mm-hmm. were homeless and he would just take them in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think Kiki kind of highlights that part of our community. I don't, I don't know any other community that does that on a regular basis, uh, but the black LGBT community, we, we are a major support system for each other. And I, and I think it's great to show that on film. Uh, and, and Kiki, was mm-hmm. a, it was a great way to, to kind of uh, highlight that, that notion within our community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, because it, it is so now um, it is. It's really important because, like you said, we have that part, and it and it and it's a tradition. You know, I mean, we have like the Ruth Ellis Center here, and uh, I was uh, talking to some young people once, and one of the things is they said like, well, some of these people want to say that we're homeless, and they say we don't have that home, you know, like mom and dad, but they always felt they had home because there were people within the community where they knew there was a couch, there was a meal, there was there was that love. And there are some who, who have gone through things, and it was coming through that extended family that we provide that helped them come through on the other side stronger. I think what I like about both of those films um would check it like some people might not go oh gangs are bad but you know but it but also with kiki how both of them are showing how that these kids aren't victims you know they're not going to be victims and that they're strong and you know society wants to write them off homeless gay youth oh you know woe is me but they're strong they're resilient and i think that it's great that that here on two different films two different perspectives where one is sort of like, you know, dealing with the violence and dealing with all the things that they see and forming their own gang to push back. But here it's, it's kiki. It's like, it's complex and it's talking about safe spaces, which, you know, maybe the traditional family, it doesn't, it doesn't work for everybody anymore, but particularly for every LGBT youth to know that there are safe spaces I have a question. Now, you said that you knew um, Twiggy Poochie Garcon. How do you generally hear about these films? Are they through someone you knew? Um, how, how are the films brought to Black Alphabet? So I, I don't know Twiggy. Would love to meet him. but We're going to work on that. <laughs> and, and I actually and – and, and he came to – my knowledge, uh, when, when he was on the gay list mm-hmm. or the out on um, HBO. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, but um, films come to Black Alphabet uh, many different ways. The first year, uh, interestingly enough, uh, the, the reason that the conversation started to happen was because they wanted to uh, um, screen uh, – a film by a filmmaker in Boston, and uh, it was called Friends of Essex. I don't know if you remember that film, uh, and so that was that was really a, a word of mouth type of deal. And, and we, I, I don't know that day one of the conversation that they wanted to actually have a film festival. They just really wanted to get get the community together and bring the film to Chicago. Uh, so films come to me and and to our and our to our group really by word of mouth. Uh, there are some aggregators out there that will send me movies from time to time. Um, and we do normally this year we didn't, but normally we accept submissions from the community. Uh, there's one film that we're screening, and uh, I think that's the end of our program, um, Pronouns, mm. is a film that I found on Vimeo. 
I mean, it's it's free for anybody to watch right now on Vimeo. Vimeo and I shouldn't say that as the vice president of Black Alphabet because I want you to see it. <laughs> festival, but, but, but you'll enjoy it, it more if you come see it at the festival. Absolutely. So, <laughs> uh, but, but, but there are other films that you can see at, at the festival as well. And uh, But uh, Pronouns is a is a great film that was made in Chicago. And I was like, oh my, you know, why did our community not talk about pronouns? It's a great little short film about a young man who is a spoken word artist that uh, comes out uh, through spoken word to somebody in the community. And it was, it, it was a well-done film. It's, done, it's won many awards all over the country and I think – uh, internationally. And so Langston and I had a conversation. We're like, you know what? It's on Vimeo already, but we're going to show it anyway. So, um, and I reached out to the director to see if it was okay. And he was on board, but it, 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 sometimes it's by happenstance. Sometimes it's by, uh, it's by submission. I get reached out to on Facebook. I get reached out to on Twitter. (laughs) People reach out to me, plane, train, or automobile, they will, they will find me to show their film. Because I think our, I think our, our artists are really hungry to show their work. Uh, we mm-hmm. just have to create more ways for them to do so. Uh, and what we're doing with Black Alphabet, um, the next stage in our, uh, our, our reorg and rebuilding is uh, we're going to do more throughout the year, not just the flagship uh film festival, but we're going to do maybe a monthly or bi-monthly screening of, of films. So uh, stay tuned on that. But really, I, I've, gotten, I've gotten films that we've actually screened a myriad of different ways, and all those ways are <laughs> acceptable, in my opinion, as long as we get mm-hmm. great films. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that, that that's the part that, like you said, I mean, it's different now. Like you can do a great film on your iPhone. I mean, you can, you can do all these different films, but I have come across more people who see this story and want to tell this story and they're doing it and they're putting it together. But, you know, how do you find a place to do it or, or, you know, and many of them who are doing these, stories, they're not saying, well, you know, I'm only going to do it if I can get nominated for an Oscar and go on or be on Netflix. You know, they it's like a story that they really feel the need to show and to tell. And but then to find that audience to to do it. And I'm glad that you're you're back and you're looking to go forward because sometimes there isn't that audience, you know. And yeah. how do you get yeah, and to that end, Michelle, and, I, and, and again, you're an artist like me, and I think you're actually better at this than me, but uh, artists are often so protective of, uh, of their work and, and, and what they're working on that, you know, five, six, seven, eight years go by and, nothing, and, and they don't show anything. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I talk to a lot of young and not so young artists because you don't have to be young to, to, to start your career as an artist, in my opinion. I, I helped a guy a couple of years ago uh, with his first feature league film, and he's in his 40s, and, and we screened it at Black Alphabet. It's called Blue Light. And, you know, I, I produced and um, 
and shot the film for him. And uh, I say that to say that, you know, I, I hope that artists talk more about what they're working on and, and ask for help. And, you know, and I'm, and I'm more than happy to collaborate with anybody, if, if, you know, if, if time permitting, of course. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, people are often told, you know, you can't ask that, you can't do this without money, but, you know, you should just try it uh, because you'd be amazed at some of the great work that come on a micro budget uh, for a film. So I think that's one of the great things that I like about, and I'll, about the artists who are courageous. There are some people who are going to do it, and I think that technology, you know, it can be, sometimes it can get to you, but, but it, has, it has opened this door for people and people of all ages because when I was talking to Dr. Watson, she said, you know, like at first it seemed daunting because people said you had to do this, you had to do that, you had to do that. And then she had people who were showing her, well, you can do this on your iPhone. You can do this to where it's sort of like, well, you know, I might do another project. You know, so, so that, that to me part is like really fascinating. Okay. What do your audiences generally look like? So, interestingly enough, our audience has varied age-wise from year to year. Um, first year, it was really a youth-centric. Uh, in 2013, the festival was really a youth-centric type of uh, festival, which I, I thought was awesome, amazing. But mm-hmm. typically, people that go to see documentaries and and uh, and feature-length films that uh, are about adults. Uh, or so-called adult issues are uh, in, in my age range, 35 plus. So the, uh, it, it really depends. Uh, we, we showed a film two years ago that was, uh, again, another uh, film about uh, stud lesbians called The Same Difference, which was a great, wonderful film. And most of that festival was lesbians that, are, uh, that identify as studs. So Mm-hmm. Our audience usually uh, mirrors what we are putting on screen, and uh, we purposely try to pick uh, films that represent as many people in our community as possible this year to kind of mix that audience as much as possible. So hopefully what? this year our audience looks like every LGBT, black LGBT person under the sun. Mm-hmm. What do you have like a line in the sand, you know, or do you, and have you ever had something that you said, well, um, well, let's say like if you said that your line in the sand was, we don't want it to be too sexually explicit. We're not going to do porn. But have you ever had to, to look at a film and sort of say, okay, these are my preconceived notions about this, okay? You could even say, like, um, we'll check it. We don't want to do anything about gangs and violence. But then to t- say that we need to take a step back and look at this film for what it's saying? Mm-hmm. I, 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 our, 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 to me, artistic expression that doesn't necessarily have a line in the sand. Uh, now, um, I, I, I 
personally believe that uh, we can tell stories that are not pornographic and sexually explicit because that that that's taken us down the road that the outsiders or, or so-called mm-hmm. outsiders would uh, uh, think that we would go down. Uh, so we purposely haven't necessarily gone that route. Uh, I, I and that's not to say that we 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 won't because I believe that sexuality and and, and sex, frankly, are natural things, more natural than violence, and yeah. um, and it's meant to be enjoyed, but. I think it's a, a case-by-case basis whether or not we feel comfortable as an organization and as a film festival uh, showing particular films. Uh, we haven't necessarily been confronted with that yet. Uh, so I, I, don't, I don't know which direction we would go. But I will say that we, we, we are we do have an ear to the community and, and what the community is interested in seeing. So if if the community screams for it and, and, and wants it and it's it, and it's done with, you know, taste and class, then Black Alphabet will definitely seriously consider a film like that. Okay. Now do you do you make your selections based on do you have a committee? Uh right now we we are, are the board is the commute, uh, committee. Okay. So mm-hmm. part of our part of our uh, our process will be to uh, grow Black Alphabet NFP to be a more art based, art centric uh, organization, uh, and and that means that there uh, Langston and I are actually working on a play, for instance, and we'll will uh, run that through Black Alphabet at a, NFP. Uh, Black Alphabet Film Festival, we will, pro- uh, we will grow slowly, but we will grow a selection committee. And uh, what that will look like is that uh, we'll, we'll have a weekend where we, we have the selection committee come in and watch 20, 30, 40 films, how many films we, we have. Uh, we we have to watch that that year and we'll select from there. So, uh, and, and that, and that'll be purposeful. I think, uh, uh, large film festivals like reeling have a selection committee, uh, because we do want input input and, and voices from a larger sample of the community. Well, I think that one of the things too, that, that I found interesting and in going back and, and digging into the history of it was that your founders, and your board members come from diverse backgrounds. Like you had um, like Janelle Allen, who is involved in education. And yes. you had um, Carol Harris, who does, who's her, she's in entertainment. Um, you know, Tim, who's, you know, I mean, he's an educator, he's a poet. I mean, he's just, Everything. Everything but has a red a red S on his chest flying through the air, you know. And I am and I'm I will full disclosure, I am a huge fan of, of him. Um so I mean I think that, that part also I can see that when the films come that, that having this broad base of people and the, these ideals of people who are looking at it, it does look like it's very intentional that that like what you said, you want to show our lives, our stories you know, our struggles. And I think that that's one of the nice things about 
the black alphabet. You know, like you said, you're trying to cover all of it, and you're trying to show a lot. Um, right. We're going we're gonna to take our second break, and um, then I want to come back and get some of the details about it, and I've got one or two final questions. So, okay. thank you. Hold on, and we'll be right back with my guest, Adam McMath, of the Black Alphabet Film Festival in Chicago August in August, I want to say 18th and 19th. We'll be right back. Collections by Michelle Brown airs every Thursday at 7 p.m. You can subscribe now and listen to the podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Be sure to like the Collections by Michelle Brown Facebook page and mark your calendar so you never miss an episode. Well, I got it right. We're back, um, Adam. It's the 18th and 19th. The Riva and David Logan Center for the Arts. How did you select? What is it about this venue um, that makes it good for doing this film festival? So the Riva, the Riva and David Logan Center is, and we and we screened at a couple of different locations. Uh, and I, I have to. We, we screened at uh, the Disabled Museum, which was a, a, a f- fantastic uh, mm-hmm. host, and we, we, sc- we screened at the uh, Center on Halstead and all over the city. But the Riva and David Logan Center A is in the community. It's in Hyde Park, uh, and B has a really great facility, um, state of the art movie theater. Um, and they have plenty of space for us to have a little re- reception outside of the, the theater space as well. But the Reba David Logan Center is a part of the University of Chicago. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and, they've, and they've become, you know, great ambassadors and partners uh, for Black Alphabet. And, uh, you know, they, they, there's organizations on campus that have helped us underwrite the cost, for instance, uh, and we're we're really working and being purposeful about building our connection with their LGBT community on campus. Mm. Uh, so it, it to us it's a natural fit. Now we do plan on not only screening there more often, but screening throughout the city. So we are going to build my, my we're building a partnership as we speak with Columbia College, uh, my alma mater, and other other theaters throughout the city. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's, you know, because when you think of, I mean, often University of Chicago is on the south side of Chicago, okay? I mean, that's, that's just, you know, it's in Hyde Park. But, I mean, the fact that having it there and that's part of reaching out into the community and, to put, and developing the arts within the African-American LGBT community and supporting that. I mean, that is just like 
great. And that's just like very great to me. Um, and like you said, it has parking, it has all of those. And I think that often when people think of, of film festivals, they either think uh, like they might be out of reach or they're at somebody's church basement. You know, we had a place here in Detroit, which is like the first Unitarian Universalist church down in the basement film festival. But it's nice that you've got a great venue for these films to where also the viewing experience is going to be great because you want people to see these films because there's something they're going to get out of them. Right. Right. And we want people to, we want people to really, even if you, you're not having the best home experience, we really want people to come into the film festival and have a great film experience. And David, the, the uh, David Reba Logan Center has helped us do that in years past. And of course they'll help us do that this year as well. So affordability, I guess that's the other thing that someone would say. Well, all these films, it's over two days. What are, is it a package for the whole two days? Or can you go, like if you just want to do Friday night, you might want to just do the discussion. You don't want to spend your whole Saturday um, at the film festival or vice versa. So do you have packages? Do you have for individual days? Right. So, you know, we're very clear that one of the most important things to get people to come out is the coin and, and mm-hmm. making sure that affordability is right. So uh, $15 per day, you can stay all day. You can come watch one movie. Um, you can do whatever you, you – you could do whatever your heart desires. You can watch one movie in the morning, come back in the afternoon. Uh, so that $15 – $15 is one day flat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on Saturday, you're really getting a great deal because you're seeing about, you're seeing five movies on Saturday. Uh, uh-huh. uh, actually, no, you're, you're not. You're seeing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven movies on Saturday for $15 if you want. Friday is about is really about the community discussion, mm-hmm. ninety days and mis uh, and uh, misconnection. Uh, so and and the opening reception, which is covered in the in the fifteen dollar cost for Friday, and two day pass is twenty five dollars, which is about five dollars off if you want to just to do yeah. days on a la carte. So. Mm-hmm. Mhm. I mean, really, that that certainly is. I mean, you can't, as as my grandmother would say, you can't beat that with a stick. Don't ask me what that means, but but that's what she'd say, you know. When you um, and and that really is. I think it's very fair. It's very reasonable for what you're seeing. I mean, just for fifteen dollars uh, uh, that Friday night, and to have that level of discussion. And I'm looking at the site, and ninety days is going to show on Friday and Saturday. 90 days will show on Friday and Saturday. So for those folks that can't come on Friday evening after work, mm-hmm. we, thought it was, we, we thought it would be uh, a great opportunity to just re-show that film. Now, 90 days will not, uh, on Saturday will not have a discussion, mm-hmm. but you, you can at least see the film. Mm-hmm. So you took a year off. Okay. Yes. 
now you're coming back and you said like you've got big things involved. You talked about the play that you and Langston are working on. Um, when people come and, you know, you want them to come this year, but is it is it always going to be like about the same time of the year? And do you, if they come and if they're an aspiring filmmaker or artist in some ways, how would they connect in with Black Alphabet? So uh, there's a couple of different ways. Uh, one, we would love to take a look at uh, any pieces of art that would fall under the Black Alphabet umbrella to see if we could screen it or support it in some kind of way. Um, and and to give you more context, we've had conversations with artists throughout the community on co-sponsoring or co-presenting events. Uh, and that's something that I think we'll continue to do uh, as an effort to grow the, the artistic black LGBT community in not only Chicago, but in the country. But they could do, they could, they could come in and just show their work or uh, we do ask for volunteers to help with the film festival. And if people from the outside looking in think it's just, it's a small undertaking, but it's a major, major undertaking to get this film festival off the ground. There's funding involved and, and a lot of different things. So, we're definitely looking for volunteers, and we're looking for people that really have some skills uh, that would like to be a member of our board. We're, we're definitely growing that. Uh, as you may have noticed, Michelle, <laughs> there are three, mm-hmm. there are four black gay men on the board. We definitely want to mm-hmm. diversify that uh, back to where, where it was. Uh, and keep in mind our founders are still uh, still involved and still in, in the know and still uh, part of our family. But oftentimes when you work in a community, you, you, you have to take a step back and work on uh, other things uh, as well. So we're looking for active board members. Uh, right after the festival, we'll probably do a call for that uh, mm-hmm. to kind of really not only diversify our board, but help push forward our vision and, and, and grow in this organization. And, you know, and it's like you were saying, because I know, like, not only is, is Tim M. somebody who I know who's now in Atlanta, but we have one of your founders, L. Michael Gibson, is here in Michigan, you know. Yes, and, I mean, you know, and, and you know, in fact, I had, I had talked to him when I told him I was going to, he was like, yeah, you know, I, you know, and he'll be listening. You know, so, I, so it's something like, so it isn't like, oh, well, you just have to be right there in Chicago. It's like the thought where you're coming from capturing the mission and the vision of the organization that's right. that's what it's about and to and to continue to have it grow because you know i think that the other things that i've heard from filmmakers um i know a woman who who was here and she had a screening of in fact they had it was going to be a lesbian film festival and she was like well it's been great but hardly nobody came and, you know, and here this was something that was showing really great stories and telling our story. And she wanted to share it with her community. And the thing was, I had seen her film at Oakland University in an audience that had been all white. Mm-hmm. And so 
how important it is that not only do we make our own films and tell our own stories, but we find a way to present them and bring in our community and share that work with them. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I, I mean, the last time I saw you in person was at the Esteem Awards. And I, I, I purposely go to that event every year because of what it does for our community. Uh, mm-hmm. Aptly named the Esteem Awards, right? But, uh, and, and I, think, um, I think we need to make sure that we show up for things that people are doing for people that look like us. And Black Alphabet's one of those things. The Esteem Awards was one of the, those things. Although I think it, the Esteem Awards was uh, well attended this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, y- you know, uh, I, I want folks to know that a lot of work and a lot of effort and a lot of talent goes into getting something like Black Alphabet, the Esteem Awards, uh, collections by Michelle, off the ground. So. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and to support and and lift up our community. Well, so I want to recap it off. I want to make sure people know that this is uh, going to be August 18th and 19th and at the Reva and David Logan Center for the Arts, which is at 915 East 60th Street in Chicago. And two great days some amazing films. Um, Adam, I am glad that you guys came back. I mean, I know that sometimes we can get road weary, but you never, like you said, you dim the light for one year, but it's back blazing. Um, I thank you for being with me and for the work that you guys are doing, you know, and for showing up. I thank you all. I thank you for having us, and I thank you for supporting Black Outfit. All right. Well, again, um, oh, and the website, where they can get tickets. I almost forgot the important thing. Where do, can oh, they go to get tickets? Very important. So you can go to our website at www.blackalphabet.org, and there's a ticket link at the bottom of the, at the, bottom of the page. Uh, so you can go on there and purchase tickets. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everything that's going on with Black Alphabet. If you can't make this festival, please come to one of our other events, one of our screenings. Maybe if we, if we are able to mount the play this year, early next year, come to that and support, support, support. Yeah, that's right. And also, there are important things. There's a mailing list when you go to that website, and there's that important button, donate, because donate. you're exactly. This work, you know, has to go on, and we need to invest in our community. And I'll tell you, this is something that I think that if you want to have our stories captured and told and maintained for future generations, Black Alphabet Film Festival is something that you do want to support. Well, again, Adam, I want to thank you for being with me. Um, Unfortunately, I can't uh, make it this year, but... I am putting my name on that mailing list, and you will see me there before you know it. Next year, I'm making it a note to be there to come to the film festival. But um, thank you again, um, and best wishes to your entire board from me. 
Thank you so much, Michelle. We appreciate you. Okay. Good night. So we've come to the end of another episode of Collections by Michelle Brown. I want to once again thank my guest, Adam McMath, who was here telling us about the Black Alphabet Film Festival in Chicago, August 18th and 19th. Check it out. I hope you'll join us next week when I'll bring you another amazing individual who's living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality and creating change right here on Collections by Michelle Brown. Thank you and have a great evening.